Faith and war. Christians around the world are praying for Ukraine. Some believers have close ties to the situation, even far away. Many Russians and Ukrainians have immigrated to North America, and as they watch the horror unfold, they pray. In sunny San Diego, Pastor Evgeny Grushetsky leads his people in prayer. Grushetsky is a Christian and now an American. His mother is Russian and his father Ukrainian. The people of his Russian-speaking congregation are immigrants from both countries. This past week has been hard for all of them, but they still gather together to pray for peace and an end to the killing. Grushetsky has been counseling congregants who were born in both countries. Some members of his congregation have been bullied because they're Russian. The congregation is hurting, maybe more than most. But what a beautiful picture this is. After all, heaven will be filled with people from every tribe, nation, and tongue, all praising Christ their Savior. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, where the Lord lets us share together every day the great story that's all about Jesus. This is a program called Lord Teaches to Pray. We're on the air through the weekend with a final program wrapping up the Lord's Prayer. I'll be broadcasting next week from Poland near the border with Ukraine. Just before flying out, I interviewed a good friend of mine who himself was pastoring a famous international church during a revolution. And we'll be thinking more about the importance of this prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. We have the Psalms. We have the prayers of Paul. Uh, but now the Lord Jesus himself gives us the, the words we can pray boldly. I don't have to wrestle with, is this right to do? This is exactly right to do. Pastor Daryl Johnson joining us again in a moment as we think about the line, deliver us from evil. And of course, we're doing this in light of the war underway in Eastern Europe. As more than a million Ukrainians have fled, some are speculating the Russian invasion may have changed the course of history. We're in the second week of this war now. We've been getting a lot of calls. How can we help? When we look for partners to work with, we have a checklist. Are they already on the ground and able to do what's needed? Are they trustworthy? Are their books open? There are already scams offering relief and the money will never arrive. Well, we've prayed and we're partnering with Mission Eurasia, founded in Wheaton, Illinois. Like Haven Ministries, they're a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. They work with a few thousand churches in the region, and local churches are taking in refugees and getting the job done. They're uniquely poised to hit the ground running. So every $50 you send will feed a family of five for a week. I want to ask for you to pray boldly, but also give boldly. God's people are responding. Just before I left for the airport, we had raised nearly $50,000. It's the fastest and most generous campaign we have ever seen. But with at least a million displaced, much more is needed now. How many refugee families does the Lord want you to feed in this crisis? Call us or go online. We ask that you give either way so we can quickly wire money and buy the food to feed the displaced hungry. Your support will be given in the name of Jesus. One family, a hundred families, maybe a thousand families. You can be the hands and feet of Jesus. And remember, as has been the case for 88 years, not a dime for Haven. Every dollar for Ukraine goes to Ukraine. 
just call us at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN, or go to our website at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And let me just say, bless you for blessing them. And now let's open with the Norton Hall Band and a great reminder, Jesus shall reign. Jesus shall reign where'er the sun does its successive journeys run. His kingdom stretch from shore to shore till moon shall wax and Haven today and our final program called Lord Teach Us to Pray. All week we have been looking at the Lord's Prayer. And in light of what's going on in our world today, in Ukraine, people trying to get out of Ukraine, and also our own lives, I thought a good person to have on me this day, as I'm flying to Poland, would be my friend who we've had on the program before, Daryl Johnson. Uh, Daryl, uh, Welcome back to the program. It's been too long. Thank you, Charles. It is always good to partner with you in the gospel. You and I got to know each other originally when you were the preaching prof at Regent College in Vancouver. Uh, You've pastored in California. You actually pastored First Baptist Vancouver for a number of years. And even before that, 
you were pastoring a famous international church in Manila. And I might say you have been through your own revolution uh, when Marcos fell and the secret police, the head of the secret police would come and listen to you on the front row every Sunday. And why in the world did they think you as a minister of the gospel were helping promote the revolution at that time? Did you ever figure that out? Well, I'm not sure of how all that worked. I know I was warned at times that what I was saying could be uh, uh, misconstrued as a political controversy, but all I was doing was preaching Jesus' gospel. And Jesus' gospel is the kingdom of God has come near. Mm. Um, Mark expands it. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and put your weight on this good news. So I'm simply rejoicing in the fact <laughs> that in and because of Jesus, um, God's kingdom is breaking into the world. And that has implications for all the kingdoms of the world. Including today, years later, with what's going on in Ukraine with the Russian invasion. Absolutely. Let's go to what we've been talking about on the program this week, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, you have written a book that our team and myself have been drawing on heavily, 57 words that changed the world. That's the number of words of the Lord's Prayer in Greek. You mind talking to me a little bit about the Lord's Prayer and why is that a starting place for us as followers of Jesus today to pray? Well, I'm grateful for the Lord's Prayer uh, because in times like this, it, it's hard to know what to pray. Yes. And especially hard when we have so many different um, uh, media outlets uh, claiming they understand things <laughs> about mm. all the different issues we're, we're dealing with. So we, we, at times we don't, we don't know the facts. Uh, we're not clear about what is really going on, and, and therefore we don't know how to pray. And, and mm -hmm. so the Lord's Prayer is a great gift. It's Jesus' way of saying, here is the way to pray that you know pleases the Father. You do not have to ask, oh, I wonder if this is okay to pray. <laughs> because mm -hmm. Jesus, as the Son of the Father, who knows the Father's heart, is saying, this is what pleases my Father. Pray this way. And so what a great gift. We have the Psalms. We have the prayers of Paul. Uh, but now the Lord Jesus himself gives us the, the words we can pray boldly. I don't have to wrestle with, is this right to do? This is exactly right to do. Because mm. the Son of the Father tells us this is right to do. And let's go back in a minute to that word boldly, because you and I have been talking about that the last few days together. I know you've got some strong thoughts and I think pertinent thoughts to what we're going through in the world right now. What about deliver us from evil? That's the end of the prayer as Jesus prayed it. And it's recorded for us in Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount. What does that mean? Deliver us from evil. It's connected with do not lead us into temptation, mm. but deliver us from evil. And I therefore agree with the scholars who say we should translate deliver us from evil as deliver us from the evil one. Mm, good point. Uh, lead us not into temptation. Um, I'm sure many of your listeners have wrestled with that. Why do you need to pray to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, do not lead us into temptation? W would he ever do that? No, he wouldn't lead us into temptation. Mm. This word translate temptation means temptation, but it also means test. Mm. 
And in fact, that's the primary meeting. Meeting. And so some versions of the, of, the, of the Lord's Prayer will translate it, do not lead us to the test. Mm. But it, it, is that right to pray? Because as a matter of fact, God is going to test us. In the nature of things, we, our, our faith needs to be tested. This, this, this word is the word that's used of taking a hunk of rock, putting it in a hot fire, number one, to prove that it is gold that there's gold there, and number two, to refine the gold. So in the nature of things, uh, the Father is always going to put us through tests. Life itself is a test. So why pray, lead us not into temptation if he's not going to tempt us? And why pray, lead us not to the test when he is going to test us? And so um, I paraphrase it this way. Father, as you lead us to the test, do not let the test become a temptation. Because the evil one wants to turn all testing moments into temptations. He wants to turn the very thing that the Father is using to refine our faith into something that makes us lose our faith. I mean, that's that bottom line. That's what the evil one is after. It's, mm-hmm. is, it's getting us to a place where we do not trust the Father. So the, the last line of the prayer is, Father, as you lead us into the test, do not let the test become a temptation, but rescue us from the evil one who wants to come and mess things up. And uh, so we can powerfully pray, please, Father, now let's apply to this context, please, Father, as we seek to understand what is going on, and as we seek to understand how we ought to respond, this is a great test for us and for the world. Don't let the evil one get in there and mess it up and make it a temptation to lose our faith in you. Rescue us from this awful liar um, who always wants to turn things against us. So that's how I understand that that petition. Um, All hell has broken out in Ukraine in just a week. And you're telling me we need to be praying with boldness. I know you've thought about this because we've talked about it. Just go ahead, preach to me, expand on that. (laughs) Okay. Well, those first three verbs, your kingdom come, your will be done. I mean, your, your, your name be hallowed, your kingdom come, your will be done. Those are all in the imperative mood in the New Testament. And the imperative mood is the mood of command. As, as I was um, walking down here today, I was thinking, uh, no one has the right to tell God what to do right now. Mm. And I mm-hmm. sensed in my head, oh, mm-hmm. Jesus in the Lord's Prayer actually gives us the freedom to do that. These are all imperative. They should be translated, uh, hallow your name, because we cannot. You hallow your name. Holy. Holy your name. Yes. Yes. Reveal the nature and character uh, that's behind this, your name. You bring your kingdom, because we cannot. You do your will on earth as it is in heaven, because we cannot. So, uh, we we sort of very calmly pray that on Sunday morning. We should be praying <laughs> with our arms up and our voices like, Father, Father, only you can hallow your name and your name needs mm. to be hallowed right now. Only mm. you can bring your kingdom and your kingdom needs to come right now. Bring your kingdom into Ukraine. Bring your kingdom into Russia. Bring your kingdom into Canada and America. And the list goes on. You do your will because we can't do your will. Um, that's, that's, that's the tone of that. <laughs> mm. Mm. Um, now, that's, that fits the tone of all the praying of the, in the Bible. All the prayers in the Bible pray boldly. 
Um, one scholar says, no one in the Bible prays in moderation. There are no moderate prayers in the Bible. They're all bold. Mm. Dear God, you mm. have to do it because we cannot. And mm. um, can, you can hear the excitement build. Um, and I think that's the tone in which we need to be praying right now. And particularly on this kingdom, that your kingdom, your reign, your uh, great translation for that is your world order. Break into all these orders of injustice and greed and lying, and you make all things new. Um, and we're asking this in Jesus' name. Hmm. Daryl, how then, in light of the Lord's Prayer, the model prayers it's sometimes been called, we know we need to pray. We don't know what we should pray about Ukraine right now. How then can we be bold in praying for this great crisis uh, that's going on in the world right now? And as I went to bed last night, uh, 7 million people may be attempting to flee Ukraine right now. 7 million people fleeing over into Western Europe. How can I be bold? Because Jesus tells you you can be bold. That's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. The Lord Jesus says this is how you pray. And again, I'm going to especially focus in on uh, the the two prayers. Bring your kingdom, Father, and rescue us from the evil one. Um, When you pray for the kingdom to come, oh my goodness, that's probably one of the most revolutionary prayers you can pray. Because... Mm -hmm. If his kingdom comes, then there is implication for every other kingdom in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. a sense, in a sense, um, all, all the churches ought to be banned from saying the Lord's Prayer <laughs> around the world because there are implications for the whole world if, if the Father answers this prayer. Uh, and let's, let's make it more personal. Uh, there are implications for my little kingdom when I pray your kingdom come. Because the implication is my little kingdom now is going to be transformed to become in sync with um, the kingdom uh, of the living God. We don't know how God is going to answer this, but it's the, it's the prayer that we've been instructed to pray. <laughs> I, I'm fumbling for how, how to really apply this uh, with, without it being too controversial. But I think uh, your kingdom come has the implications that those who want to usurp God's place as king are then going to find themselves in trouble. So Mm. uh, praying your kingdom come has implications for those world leaders who think they run the world. And that's not just talking, you're not just referring to Vladimir Putin. No, I'm not. No names. This is every human leader in the world who thinks his kingdom comes ahead of Christ's kingdom. That's where I think you're going. Yes. Um, and, and those world leaders who will operate in sync with the Father's kingdom, the Jesus kingdom, uh, will find the blessing of God. Those who don't will eventually uh, find themselves um, collapsing. Um, mm-hmm. That's just the way. I mean, read the whole of Scripture. That's, that's happened again and again. Pharaoh, Nebuchadnezzar. Alexander the Great, Caesar Augustus, Nero, on and on and on it goes, Hitler, um, Stalin, uh, Lenin, (laughs) Mao Tse-Sun. Well, my wife and I just finished this week reading Revelation together. You get to the end, and all of a sudden the mystery of the kingdom of Christ is revealed in full glory. 
it's here in the now, but it'll be visible to all in days to come. And, and so we could pray, thy kingdom come, at, uh, along those lines, Charles, is, Lord, make your kingdom visible, real, to the whole world right now. I mean, that's, that's awfully bold praying. Yes, but it's biblical praying, too. Yes, I think so. Yes. I, I think <laughs> would it be fair to say that um, most of us in the church are a little wimpy on our prayers? Uh, naive is what you and I were talking about the other day. Uh, People think that this kind of praying, this bold praying is naive. Well, that, you only, it's only naive if you have a small view of God. That's right. We serve a big God. Why can't we pray to a big God in a big way? Well, you, well, nicely said. There's, there's a title for a book, Praying to a Big God in a Big Way. <laughs> That'll be your next title, Daryl. So there we go. Well, Daryl, time is coming to an end, and I can't let you go before we pray. And we pray, especially in light of what's going on in Ukraine right now and all of these lives lives of Christians being disrupted. So before we have to go and close this program this weekend, would you lead us in prayer together right now? Father in heaven, we thank you that you are sovereign. You are sovereign over the nations. You're sovereign over the rulers of the nations. Uh, we, We thank you for this clear revelation in your word that you are sovereign. And so we ask in humility, but with boldness, that you stop President Putin from doing what he's doing. We we pray boldly that you, you simply intervene and stop him from doing this. Make him go home. And we pray for all of these Ukrainians who are fleeing their homeland. Uh, many of whom love you and trust you. We do so pray protection over them. And we pray that they do not have to be refugees long, that soon they can return to their homes and you'll give them the grace to rebuild them. Thank you that even as these people face such trauma and suffering, that you are present. And we ask you make yourself very, very present to them. We've seen the pictures of these little children crying because their daddies had to stay behind. We pray especially that you comfort these children, that they might know that you are with them and you're with their daddies. Lord, we long for that day when your peace will reign and there will be no more wars and your kingdom will be fully realized. We thank you for that promise and we pray it all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Reverend Daryl Johnson, my brother in Christ, we get to talk about the Lord's Prayer, and we get to pray for our world. Thank you for joining me on the program today. Oh, it's my joy and privilege, and we look forward to how God is going to answer our prayers. Amen.
the Kiev Chamber Choir in Ukraine singing for us, Our Father, the Lord's Prayer. Here on this Haven Today, I'm Charles Morris. Lord, teach us to pray. Are you as befuddled as me? The question why can be asked on so many levels, this invasion of Ukraine. But as Christians, we have a high and holy calling. We serve King Jesus foremost and first. Will you serve with me? Will you pray boldly with me? Will you give boldly? Mission Eurasia is uniquely placed for such a time as this in Ukraine and neighboring countries with all these displaced people. They are connected to hundreds of Bible-believing churches just in Poland to provide housing for refugees. But the need for food is overwhelming. Every $50 you send will feed a family of five for a week. How many families can you help feed and become the hands and feet of Jesus? Just before leaving for the airport to Poland, my wife and I made our gift. Would you do the same right now? Call us now at 800 654 2836 haven Or give boldly online at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Every gift made will be used quickly on the ground where it's needed the most. Not a dime for Haven. Every dollar you send to Ukraine goes for Ukraine. And if you also want to send a gift to Haven as well, we will make certain your intentions are honored. I'm Charles Morris. Come back next time and join me from Poland as we share together the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Royalty. We don't tend to think of them so much as authority figures anymore, do we? Take the royal family in Britain. We follow what they do. We know their histories and relationships, their successes, their failures, and we attend their weddings, at least from miles away on a screen like TV or a computer. But they don't lead and guide us. Instead, Christians have a much better king, the Lord Jesus Christ. As the old prophecy from Genesis tells us, the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nation shall be his. What a ruler. What a savior. What a God. Go deeper in God's word daily with Anchor Devotional. Try it out at getanchor.com.